in the dead of night as people sleep that is when the spirits creep as the bell tolls three dark things take power we like to call it the supernatural hour And now, our hosts. Hey, welcome back to the Supernatural Hour. Glad to have you here. You have arrived. Happy to see you. <laughs> so, what have we got going today? It's December. Actually, October is my absolute favorite month because that's when Halloween is. And Halloween is awesome, let's face it. But Christmas is pretty awesome, too. The problem I have, though, is when you decorate... For Halloween, you can be so creative. And when you decorate for Christmas, you just, I don't know, to me, you just can't be creative. There's beautiful things. Don't get me wrong. I love Christmas lights and my whole house, it took us a whole day to redecorate to Christmas and I love it. But when you say things like, oh, let's put baby Jesus climbing out of the ground with his hands stretched up, that's just kind of creepy. You can't do that. You can't be as creative. Anyhow, but I do love Christmas. I love Christmas time. I love baking. We are going to have a whole bunch of Christmas-themed podcasts for you, and we are super excited. I am Raven. This is Doc. And Chad. And we're pretty excited. Today we're going to talk to you about angels. Angels? Are we going to do any business? Yes. <laughs> I'm so excited to talk about angels, I want to just jump you right into it. jumped right in. Yes. So let's talk about some business first. Okay, for business, one of our December activities is the Utah Food Bank. There's a link out on advancedparanormal.com where you can go out and donate to the Utah Food Bank to help those people that are less fortunate and in need of some help. Particularly this year with COVID-19. Oh yeah, it's been it's been rough. It's a hard one. We don't have any apps or uh, activities planned for December itself. We figure it's busy enough. It's always crazy. It's always hard to try to get everything in and we're just glad that you can tune in and listen to us and find out what's going on and keep in touch that way. In January, the Marcus's Warehouse investigation, unfortunately, is being canceled. They are going to be doing some additional work on that venue, and it's not going to be available for us. So I was super sad. I actually I got the text from the our contact who lets us in there, and I, I ignored it for a day or two, hoping that it would go away. And then the contact emailed me and said, did you get that? And I was like, dang it. So I did try, folks. I tried I tried to make it happen, but we can't make it happen. We're hoping that will become available later in the year. Possibly April, May-ish is kind of the tentative time we can get in there. I was looking forward to that one. Me too. Hopefully we can reschedule. And we'll, we'll look to see if we can get another investigation of some type in January to replace that. But there is no tickets on Eventbrite at this point and haven't been, so there won't be any refunds because nobody paid any money. Chris is not able to make it tonight. He is one of our new hosts, and he had some family business come up tonight, so he will be here with us next time. Also... We miss you, Chris. Yeah, so Love you, big guy. He'll be back soon. So, I also... I'm going to put some pictures up on our website. We have upgraded our studio. What did what did Beaker call our old, old studio? The Basement of Doom? The or Dungeon of Doom. Dungeon of Doom. Well, we have actually kind of put together a little... We've taken a step up in our sound system. The Attic of Despair. 
what are we going to call this place? <laughs> I don't know. But we've got sound dampening stuff. So our goal is this is hopefully going to be the best sounding podcast that we've put out. I'm pretty, I'm pretty stoked. I'll send you some pictures. So as far as some residentials, it's been a little slow, which is pretty normal this time of year. But we have two coming up. So by the next time we record, we should have some residential stories for you of, of how those have, have gone down. Um, those are always fun, and I enjoy those a lot. Okay, can we talk about angels now? Yes. Yes, awesome. we can. Awesome. Doc, let's start you off. What you got about angels? I have a lot about angels, actually. One of the things I thought was interesting through my study, through my research, was that back when people were polytheistic, before monotheism became the trendy thing to do, this view of angels was actually that these were the sons of God who were members of the divine council. And when it became less popular to believe in multiple gods, they were demoted to spiritual beings and, and messengers. Like, oh, man. Did you get called into the office? Yeah, what did he say to you? Yeah, you got demoted. You got demoted. You're no longer a member God of the divine council. You are now a spiritual messenger. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> With a substantial pay cut, probably. <laughs> well, one of the things I thought interesting as I was reading kind of along those same lines is it talks about, you know, the seven angels, the seven archangels, and that, you know, different religions can, you know, there'll be a little bit here or there of how they want to count that. But I read several accounts where some people think that Lucifer was one of those seven angels, or maybe he was an eighth at one point. Wouldn't surprise me. I mean, he is son of the morning. Exactly. Yeah, and the research I did, he wasn't listed as one of the seven, but they did talk about, you know, I think the seven is the seven after the the, the after rebellion the, and the war, and and Michael, the archangel, helping cast Lucifer out and winning. So the hierarchy was not established until after the fall, or, or it was, but they've they've reordered it. <laughs> right. Like, well, you know what, that Lucifer guy, he messed up our whole thing. Let's. <laughs> Somebody got voted out. And they got voted, voted off, off the, the island. island. <laughs> <laughs> You're out. Now we got to reorganize. So one thing I found voted interesting. Yeah, that would be suck to be voted out of heaven. I mean, how bad do you have to screw up? We I think all know it's that more answer. Than voted out, though. Yeah, but was it like we need a new Lucifer? Or I'm pretty sure the whole name was pretty much tossed out as well. Probably. So I thought what was interesting is there's the seven. So the seven angels that I have that I found. Um, and I think it's pretty standard. There's Michael, Gabriel, Uriel, Raphael, Salafiel, Raguel, and Baratiel. And I probably slaughtered about half of those names. And if I did, and you're like an angel expert and you're listening, I apologize. But it's interesting is each of those is also assigned to a day of the week. Oh. So Michael is Sunday. Gabriel is Monday. Uriel is Tuesday, Raphael Wednesday, Salafiel is Thursday, Raguel is Friday. That one just doesn't sound right. Raguel? I got a Raphael. There's a Raphael, but there's also a Raguel. But no Leonardo or Donatello or no, Michelangelo. I know. Those, those weren't angels. Just right. Raphael. Those and Barakiel is Saturday, and then I guess they're like, there's no more days of the week. Lucifer, you're out. We vote you out. Yeah, I actually had... A little bit different names, of course, Michael and Gabriel. And they are the two that are actually called out in the canonical scriptures in the Bible. Right. 
Um, and Gabriel's not even listed as an archangel in the Bible, in the canonical. But according to the book of Enoch, some of the others they had were Ariel. She's represented as a feminine, and it's the Lion of God. And she's the protector of plants and the earth and animals and those kinds of things. Right. And then Azeriel, the angel of God, and it's uh, destruction and renewal, but it's not like the end of the times destruction. It's it's kind of death and re- rebirth kind of. Like Shiva. Kind of <laughs> kind destruction. Of yeah. That's about the the physical and emotional healer. And I thought that was kind of interesting. So, then, oh, go, go ahead. I was just going to say the interesting thing before you move off of Gabriel, Michael and Gabriel are recognized not only by most Christian religions, but also Judaism, Islam, and oh, and, and most of Christians. Some think that some of the Christian religions think that Michael is the only archangel. And then the Jews have a, well, before I get to the Jews, I want to leave that for the, for the big finish. In Islam, they have angels, and I don't know if they're the same ones or different ones in addition to the ones we just talked about. But in Islam, they have an angel called Jibril, one called Mikael, one that's Israfil, and one that's Azrael. And so, you know, the names are all similar. But the Jews have an angel that they call Metatron. And I'm sorry, but that sounds like a transformer. (laughs) And I just imagine all the Jews looking up at the sky and this transformer comes down, looks like an angel and he gets wings and a halo. Yeah. And then when he gets to the ground, he like turns into a car and drives away. And I'm sure someone is Jewish listening to this, just (laughs) (laughs) so sacrilegious, but I'm sorry, you name your angel Metatron. And what am I supposed to think? Right. I'm not trying to be sacrilegious. It just it sounds like a sounds like a transformer. You know, I'm always interested in where some of these name origins come from because, like we said, Michael and Gabriel are the only two that are ever mentioned in the Bible. Daniel, being the first person to give names to any of the angels to to, to mention them by name, previous to Daniel, it was just the angels, the angels, which a lot of people refer to as either messengers from God or sons of God. Um, I just found that intriguing that, you know, it's not like we started out with all of these names being known. It wasn't until Daniel where the names of the angels started to become revealed, I guess. See, how cool would it be to say I get to name an angel? Or at least figure out the or name. Or figure the out angel. the names. I'm sure they're like, yeah, no one named us, dude. Someone did. Someone picked out their names. Probably weren't looking through baby books like I did when I picked out kids' names. Probably not. <laughs> So more on angels. Yeah, you know, we kind of talked about how in the polytheistic realms they were viewed as part of the divine council. And when we became monotheistic, at least when Christianity, Judaism, Judaism primarily, uh, they became kind of demoted. We're known as angels or messengers of God. It kind of makes me think about what is the nature of angels. And there's some, some mixed opinions on this. Some people feel that angels are human spirits either people who have not been born yet or people who have lived on this earth and passed on. Uh, the other you know, popular opinion is that they are creations of God that are entirely separate from man but do the bidding of God on the earth. See, and that's not um, in the realm of where I'm at. I'm with the first one as, you know, angels are either you haven't been born yet or you've passed on. But... The, the thought of angels being just even just not even in the, the sphere of, of humans as we are right now, 
is a new concept to me. I, I only really heard about that maybe two or three years ago, and I was like, what? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and you notice in the Bible, you know, they mention that man was made in God's image, but they don't specify angels, and I think that's where some of this confusion comes up is that, you know, they don't, we don't talk about how angels were created. Right. Well, and then a lot of pictures you see angels have wings, and we don't have wings, you know, and so is that, do they actually have wings, or is that just, we don't know how else you would fly, so it's got to be wings. <laughs> got to be wings. Slap but, them on there. But Jet in pack, maybe. much of the scripture and things, like when Lot was accompanied by the angels and told to leave Sodom and Gomorrah, he recognized them as angels, but I don't think it was because they had wings. And they also talk about how important it is to treat everybody well because you don't know if you're entertaining angels. And so to me, I think as a manifestation here, I think angels, I think the wings on the angels is like the wings on Mercury's boots, his right. shoes. It's it's to show that they're messengers and that they've got a, a message. And it's, to me, I believe it's symbolic, not not actual. See, and I always thought too that just, I always imagined an angel coming down and just kind of glowing and I thought maybe just the glowing, you know, it's like, what is this glowing? Oh, wings. It's got to be wings. They fly. Anyway. Right. So to your point where you said, you know, maybe we don't know if we're in the presence of angels even. Right. It may kind of clue us into their nature. Uh, St. Augustine back in the day said that angel is an office. It's not their nature which I thought was an interesting statement. Just more their, their assignment? Yeah, it says if you seek the nature, if you seek the name of their nature, it is spirit. So spirit is what they are. Angel is what they do. Still doesn't answer our question. Sounds like a verb. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm angeling. It's like a SAT test from hell. <laughs> <laughs> Angel is too blank as, oh, no thanks. <laughs> I hate those. <laughs> And then they talk about the different choirs of angels. And, you know, you, you think of them singing as choirs when you hear that. But I, I think more almost of, of quorums or, you know, groupings in a, in a different hierarchy as you'd have like a, different military ranks. A choir is a team. See, I, I actually have a, do you want to hear an angel singing story? Sure. So my great aunt used to, to attend us when we were small. She had family that lived in a little town in, in Utah called Manti, Utah. In Manti, Utah, there is a temple for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And this is a story that happened to her when she was little. And I don't know if, I don't know if she had been born yet, um, but it's when her family still lived in, this, in the Manti area. But they would go to the temple. This was before TV, before radios, before MP3s and phones. I mean, you know, no electricity kind of era. They heard singing coming from the temple. They didn't, there was no choir scheduled. You know, at the time, it's a small town. If, if there was a choir scheduled to sing, everybody in town would know, you know, everybody in the county would know well, about it. Well, because that's entertainment. Right, you I know, because you're, you're plowing your field or, you know, you're going to church. You know, there's it's not some kid driving down the road in his car listening to, to his radio, but they heard singing. And the only thing that they could figure would have, it was angels singing at the temple. So, anyway, that's my... That's my choir of angels story. So literal choir of angels. Yes. In that, in that context. Sense. And, anyway. and they talk in, in the Bible, in uh, Luke, you know, in the nativity about angels singing, um, the shepherds. So, yeah, I, I think there's singing involved. 
I still think of choir. I think choir would be pretty sweet, like a sports team. Just saying. I, I would not be invited to the choir. I don't do sing. As as our listeners have heard the few times I've tried to belt out like a little measure or two. No, sorry. And, and what are you saying? There aren't going to be bagpipes in heaven, too? Well, there might be a choir of bagpipes. <laughs> but if we're talking a singing choir of angels, I will not be there because you've heard me sing. So it's my... <laughs> it ain't pretty... <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure it's beautiful. No, it's not. Uh, so it's my understanding that each of these archangels is the head of a choir of angels. Is that? I I didn't come up with that. I do know that Gabriel tends to be more of a messenger because in the scriptures, Gabriel is the angel that appeared to Mary and told her that she would be expecting Jesus. He is also the messenger that appeared to Muhammad in the Islam in, in the Islamic religion. And basically told him everything that Muhammad took and turned into the Quran. And Zechariah, John the Baptist's father, he was yep. the one that he was like, that messenger. Like so, the UPS guy of the angels? Yes. So if you're sitting in your living room, you know, drinking your drink and watching Netflix or, you know, TikTok or something, and Gabriel appears to you, you better set everything down and pay attention <laughs> because... Probably <laughs> important. Something big is coming maybe your not, way. Maybe not UPS guy, maybe like singing telegram. That might make more sense. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to be struck down for that. You know that, right? Oh, I know. I'm waiting for it. Sorry. Um, so if Gabriel is the messenger, it seems like Michael is the warrior, the fighter. His name means who is like God. And, you know, one of his roles that I was reading through is that it was his role to stand up for the children of men, that he would fight for mankind. Right. And... You have to correct me if I'm wrong, but I do believe in the Catholic religion, it's Michael that is the protector of people from evil spirits, even. That would make sense. I, that's my understanding. I'm not heavy in Catholic theology, but I believe that's... Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. And they refer to him Michael as Saint Cross. Michael. Mm-hmm. Or Saint Michael Medallion. Right. I'm sure there's a cross. That sounds like a, that sounds like a thing. For sure. You know, you mentioned that there were seven archangels, um... As I was reading through about Solomonic magic, magic of King Solomon, there were four of those archangels that they specifically referenced. Michael, Gabriel, Uriel, and Raphael. Uh, And they all have certain designations in the cardinal points of the earth, the directions of the earth. And they will turn to those directions and summon or invoke those angels. Uh, I'm not sure where the other three decided to go or fit in with this. I'm not even sure how all of these angels got their names or how people discovered their names. In the Book of Enoch, they are listed there, at least the, the ones that I had. Um, and again, there's either variations on them or or different translations. In the apocryphal texts? But in the apocryphal books, in, in the Book of Enoch, that's where they came, that I got the list of the seven names that I've got and the, and the different... Uh, kind of attributes and things that they were looking at. As we are talking about names, and I don't, this is one of the things I started looking into, and then, you know, it's 2020 life. is Life is crazy. I have seen in several places, and I have researched this before, of these archangels having a different name that we would know. For example, a lot of scholars and people that have studied this, I think angelology is, a, is an actual name because there's the demonology and the angelology. And when I took my demonology course, I had to take an angelology <laughs> course first. <laughs> you had to learn the angelology first. So that you could understand the demonology. It's like geometry before trigonometry. Exactly. But in, the, in, in the, some of that angelology lore, they believe that Michael is Adam. He was in Adam and Eve. 
They believe that Gabriel is Noah. And I think, and I don't know that they have one for everyone, but I think the other one, Raphael, I believe is Moses. They all, you know, so according to some people, we know who they are when they were on earth. If, if it's the, they were alive and they passed and right. kind of a theory. Which would move to kind of that, that pre-existence kind of a mentality of, you know, the angels and the heavenly hosts that then come down and get bodies and then... Part of the demoted divine council. Right. Well, I think the demoted divine council are the ones that got their butts kicked out <laughs> oh, yeah. for rebellion. No, they, they straight up got fired. Everyone else got demoted. <laughs> They're fired. <laughs> I did think it was interesting as I was researching the idea of the heaven and hell and, you know, and it, it's like those entities didn't get placed to hell, but they didn't, but they had no place in heaven because they were cast out of heaven, but they hadn't received a body and been able to go to hell. So they've been cast out on the earth. And that's part of the way, you know, the explanation of why there's demons here on the earth is that's who they are. It's, is the, the hosts of heaven, the third that rebelled, they didn't go to hell. Right. They, they came to earth and they're trying to make our lives miserable. They're unhappy and pissed off. And so in order to make them happy, they got to make us unhappy too. I thought that was interesting on the way that it was described is there wasn't a place for them. And so this is it. This is where the, where they ended up almost by default. Nowhere else to go. Like, eh, we'll just hang out in this person's basement. Scare come, them. Come down and torment people, <laughs> I guess. They hang out in the creepiest places. It's like if I didn't have a body and I was just coming come down and, and hang out somewhere, I'd hang out someplace cool. I'd probably hang out somewhere creepy. <laughs> yeah, but... They, yeah, they tend to like to hang out in basements and crawl spaces and backs of closets. And they're weird. So what's your take on guardian angels? So guardian angels, there's, I think a lot of people look for angels in their lives, especially if they've had someone close to them that's passed. And like we talked about earlier in our last podcast, you know, some of the deathbed phenomena and people, you know, seeing Loved ones and seeing friends, you know, those could be classified as angels, I suppose. But people that are alive, if, if a loved one's passed, oftentimes, I don't know that they necessarily look for signs, but I think, you know, they're looking for comfort. I think that some of these people's, some of these people's like, I'm not there. I've had loved ones pass. Everyone but Deanne. Yeah. everyone. Oh, sorry, Raven. Everybody but me. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I have had loved ones pass, and would I like a message from them to know that they're happy and they're safe and everything's okay? Yes, absolutely. So there's actually quite a few signs, and some of these have actually happened to me. So I believe they're real. You guys can think I'm crazy, but one of them is a white feather or a feather in an unusual spot. So an unusual spot, you could say, Raven, when you go outside, it's outside, there's feathers everywhere. But it's going to be, you know, that feather on the seat of your car when you open the door. And it doesn't look like any other birds around. It's going to be one standing straight up, you know, on your kitchen table or, you know, on the, right right in your path. Maybe as you're walking down, you know, Walmart aisle shopping for Christmas or something. It's, it's going to be in an unusual spot. And that's an angel telling you... You know, everything's okay, just giving you comfort. And what comfort you need, you might be not even thinking about a loved one, but just struggling with something, and an angel can leave that message for you. And if you notice it, you can go, oh, you know, I feel so much better. 
sensation of warmth. And I thought this was interesting. So when spirits move down into the material reality from, from where they're at, they actually have to go through many different layers. And the first layer that they go through is warmth. And so it's a, it's a peaceful warmth. So if you feel just for no reason a peaceful warmth and... <laughs> I was going to say something. I, I will not say that. If you feel a peaceful warmth out of nowhere, that could be an angel just comforting you with whatever you're going through at the time. Another one is flickering lights. Now, this one you need to be careful with because when we have people calling us for residentials, that's one of the things. Our lights are flicking off and on. And so flickering lights could be bad, too. So if your lights start flickering... <laughs> It might be a fallen angel. I know someone you can call, and we'll come and we'll come and investigate for you. But I think most people, when this happens, it's usually not flicker, flicker. It's usually kind of an off on, and it's going to be you know peaceful, and, and it's going to be a lot about the feeling that's around you. The, there's going to be a palpable difference. So, the, if the flickering light scares the crap out of you, probably not an angel. No, but if it makes you feel all right. Yeah, but if you're like, you know, and what people have said is, you know, they've been struggling with, you know, trying to make a decision and then they've, you know, between two things, should I move or should I not move? Should I change jobs? Should I not change jobs? And when when they've made a decision and then they're like, okay, this is the decision I'm going to make based on all of our planning. Is this the right decision? And then they'll just, you know, the light lamp right by them will go off and on and they feel peaceful. and, And to them, that's been an angel saying, no, you're making the right decision. So something like that. If you're just traipsing through the kitchen and the lights start turning off and on for no particular reason, give us a call. Apps.wisps.contact at gmail.com. <laughs> or it might get, be the guy that wired your lights here originally. Yeah. You may need to get an electrician. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So sometimes you just have to use your discernment. So another one, which is very common, is angel-shaped clouds. Or attention drawn to maybe a heart-shaped cloud or a cloud that for some reason has meaning to you. So let's say that your grandma passed and maybe you and your grandma, your special thing was butterflies. You know, she'd write you a letter and, and put a little butterfly in it or, or maybe she would buy you, you know, butterfly hair clips or, or whatever. And if for some reason you just feel compelled to look at the sky and boom, there's a, a butter-shaped fly cloud, probably your angel just saying, hey, you know. I like that. A butter-shaped fly cloud. Did I say that, really? (laughs) Did I just say that? It's probably delicious. I'm going to get fired. It's great on toast. (laughs) Put it on your pancakes. A butterfly-shaped cloud. (laughs) It's been a long day. Okay, so a scent with meaning that comes out of nowhere. And I've actually had this one happen to me as well. You know, you're just sitting in in your office... And suddenly you smell your grandma's perfume and, you know, your grandma was your favorite person or maybe it's your mother and, and she passed recently or something. But you, you smell this scent and there's no way it would have come from anywhere else. And nothing, nothing can bring back a memory like a smell or oh. a scent. You smell that smell and just the feel. In fact, I was cleaning out a cupboard just the other day and there was something in there that I hadn't smelled for a long time. And just this flood of memories, just whoosh. I could see how a, how an angel would use something like that. Yeah, because that's going to be yeah, because they're going to know that you will know exactly what this means. And so I was very close to my aunt Krista, and one thing that would remind if she wanted me to know that she was there, I would probably smell burnt toast. 
because she would put toast in and then forget about it and it would burn. And I can't <laughs> my, tell you how many times we my went. My grandma did that on purpose and Ew. basically just ate charcoal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. Oh, just and she was a really good cook, too. <laughs> she was a fabulous cook, but her toast was black. Yeah, well, my, my Aunt Krista, bless her little heart, she would um, she would cook things. She'd put things in to cook and then just forget about it. And we'd go to visit, and the house would just smell like smoke. You burnt know, toast. Burnt I've, toast. Also, I've also heard that people have a scent of burnt toast before having seizures sometimes, so be oh. careful. That's all Ooh. I'm saying. That's good to know. <laughs> Tip from the doc today. That's right. Burning rubber, burnt toast, those are all, uh, they call them auras, kind of things that precede the... Uh, the event, event of a seizure. Yes. So if you smell burnt tires or burnt toast, you just get in the car and you start driving to the hospital. Or it may be your aunt who loved to burn toast. <laughs> it's up to you to decide <laughs> if it's your health or your guardian angel. Don't get in the car because if you have a seizure, you're going to kill yourself or somebody else. Have someone else. Don't do it. <laughs> get someone else to drive you to the hospital. Okay. So you hear this one a lot too. And this is a lot we get for residentials is people will call and say, my cat is staring at the ceiling. And it's really freaking us out. Or, you know, we've got babies or small children looking off into a corner, smiling and waving. You know, we several people and several different religions believe that the veil between here and the afterlife is pretty thin. And there's a, a very heavy belief that children and animals can see through that. And so if you have a small child or a cat, they said cats, especially dogs to some extent, but especially cats are very in tune to the more guardian angel type spirits. And having done residentials for as long as we have, I think that dogs tend to recognize the more mischievous or malevolent spirits better than cats do. Because I've I've heard more um, with the malevolent or cantankerous spirit in a home. It's been more they've bothered the dogs. But when we've had spirits that turn out to be a loved one that's trying to get their attention, it's been more the cats. So if your cats are looking around, probably not too worried. If your dogs start freaking out, give us a call. Music. If you hear a certain song that means something to you, again, with no obvious, or maybe even an obvious source, it could be your guardian angel giving you a little shout-out. And, like feathers, coins in your path. And this is one that I get a lot. I, f- I cannot tell you how many pennies I can find. And not that I'm looking for it, but there's just all, every t- where I go, Penny, 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 penny. And especially pennies. Not so much quarters or dimes or nickels. Something about pennies. And I haven't been able to find out if there's something significant about the penny itself. The the stuff it's made out of. Maybe it's because it's just one cent and it's simple. People don't even bother to pick them up. I know. So, so maybe that's the thing. They'll know you'll find them because no one's going to mess with it, right? But pennies. And they also said if you start finding a lot of pennies in places, to look at the date. Because oftentimes the date might mean something to you as well. Interesting. That's interesting. We did a residential about a year ago, I think, in the Ogden area. And when the woman called, you know, we asked, you know, tell us what's been going on. Because, you know, depending on what they say, kind of depends on the team we send out. And might depend on the equipment we take out with us. And she said that she was finding pennies just right and left. She says, I can hardly move without a penny appearing in front of me. And when we got there, it did turn out that she had a loved one that was trying to get her attention. So that's that's a big one. You know, that was speaking of angels. You mentioned pets, and you mentioned children. 
being a little more, I guess, attuned mm-hmm. to, to kind of honing in on these guardian angels. You know, I was trying to figure out where the basis of this, you know, guardian angel idea comes from. And, uh, you know, I found a scripture actually in the book of Matthew where Christ talks about the little ones and how uh, it says, their angels do always behold the face of my father, which is in heaven. Uh, and that was a biblical reference where people would imply that these children have angels, angels in heaven that watch over them. And this is coming from Christ himself. Wow. I think I think he's probably legit in his information. Probably when it comes to heaven, he probably knows probably a thing knows or two. Yeah. So this probably isn't so much a guardian angel. This is actually more of a of a near death experience kind of a story. But I think it kind of fits here in a way. There was a little girl who had had kind of a near death experience. You know, she died temporarily and came back. And one day she was sitting on the porch with her with one of her parents, and it was you know how the smell of rain comes before it rains. And she looked at her parent and said, that's what God smells like. And I thought, that's interesting. That's what, you know, we're talking about smells. And so, again, don't know how that works. But now every time you smell rain, you're going to think of God. So yeah. you're, you're well, welcome. And rainbows. <laughs> exactly. Getting back to the guardian angels that you're just talking about with the uh, the reference in Matthew. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I saw some information and these are some things about guardian angels there are seven um they call them facts i don't know if they're facts but seven ideas about guardian angels um and one is that guardian angels don't care about the denomination your denomination whether it's christian catholic buddhist atheist whatever they they don't care and see and that rings true to me because i believe we're all god's children Mm -hmm. and so yeah I buy that one. I, I deem that fact. That's you deem a, that one fact? I, I officially deem that one fact. No matter what you believe, they're going to try. They're going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> and the guardian angels have hearts and souls. Hearts, they, the emotions. They have emotions and hearts and souls. They're, they, they can relate to us. Um, they're ready and willing to help, and they want to help us. And we, you know, when we're in need, we should ask for their help, that, that they will help us. They want to. And uh, another one was that they choose us, not necessarily that, you know. Like the wand chooses the wizard in Harry Potter? Yeah, kind of that. They're like your wand. Yeah, so if you don't like your angel, there's something wrong with you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And they know us better than we know ourselves because they've known us since before we were born. They've known us a lot longer than our realization of our existence. That's actually an interesting point. In some of the reading that I did, uh, they mentioned that angels, they know more than we do, but they're not all-knowing. They're not omniscient. They they're don't not know God. everything. Yeah, they're not God. Yeah, I, I figure anyone that knows more than me is, uh, is like omniscient to me. <laughs> <laughs> and they will endure things with us. The things that we endure, they also endure our guardians. Oh, mine are so overworked. And you said mine. Yeah, so I'm kind of curious. You make it sound like there's more than one. Oh, we'll talk about that here in just a second. Well, that's number seven. There's more than one. What? I have four. And Spoiler alert. Yeah, and they can even have specific roles. So that was one of the things when I was reading this list that I found kind of interesting, and I knew that it would kind of work in there. And, and a lot of people might call a guardian angel a spirit guide or some other term, but... but an entity that is there to help you and help 
help guide you and, and help you do the right things in your life. Right. My, so, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, my question is, how do you get to know who your guardian angel is, if you have a guardian angel? So I will tell you. Um, there are just a couple more angel signs I want to, and we'll just rattle these off really quickly. So this one, again, and we're going to kind of defer to Doc here to, to give us the lowdown on some of this. But if you see sparkles of light, shimmers or flashes that kind of catch your eye, that could be an angelic sign. It could also possibly be a sign that you might need to go to the doctor. <laughs> could be a stroke. <laughs> could be a seizure. Could be a terrible migraine. Um, or it could be an angel. Right. So, again, if you if you see mysterious sparkles of light, you might need to kind of do a self-assessment. Is it well, an angel getting your attention or do you need to go to the doctor? When, when I see them, I drink a lot of caffeine and go lay down in the dark <laughs> say, because that's a migraine say, coming on. If you stay home, you might see angels <laughs> if you're having a stroke. Yeah. So some of these, you might want to be a little careful. Um also, if you get if you're meditating and you see a bright light, and I've actually had this happen to me before, that could be one. And then the last one is if you start seeing a lot of angel numbers, and angel numbers are numbers like eleven eleven or four forty four or three thirty three. You get the idea. Six six six. Oh wait, that's no, not that one. is not an angel number. That is like <laughs> the devil number. So yeah, if you start seeing a lot of six six sixes, you might need to also reassess your life and make some different life choices. <laughs> so guardian angels, yes. Guardian angels, a lot of people in the paranormal world will call them spirit guides. And I had a little bit of a hard time wrapping my head around this at one point. But after having found out who my spirit guides were and then having three mediums on three separate occasions, unbeknownst to each other, without me telling them anything, telling me the exact same thing, um, I'm, I'm a believer. So here's how you find out who your spirit guide is. And this is something we always, t- you know, people will tell this to people at residentials. But the way you find your spirit guide, basically what you're going to do is clear your mind so that you're open to hearing them. So here's the process. What you do, and don't do this bef- as you're laying down getting ready for bed because I did this and it took me about 35 tries because I kept falling asleep. <laughs> but you want to be someplace where it's quiet, where it's peaceful, where you can meditate. So you are going to imagine your happy place, wherever that might be. It could be the beach, it could be the mountains, the desert, wherever. Wherever you're, ha- the pool. Some people, their happy place might be by the pool. I don't know. But you are going to describe your happy place to yourself. What does it look like? What does it feel like? What's the temperature? Um, are there bushes, trees? What do the surroundings look like? You're, you are going to describe this in full detail. And I've had people say, oh, I'm not a very visual person. Do your best. It's yeah. kind of interesting. I took an elective in hypnotherapy, and they use very similar technique. Yep. It's yep. all about visualization. Yep, and just clearing your mind of, of you know, what am I going to make for dinner, and i got to pay that bill. And, and um, so as soon as you just completely envision this happy place, you're going to look down, and you're going to see a path. Describe the path to yourself. What's it made out of? How wide is it? You know, is it straight? Is it windy? You get the idea, right? Just keep, as soon as you've described this path and you feel like you could about touch it. And there's no right answer. No right answer. Okay. This is just all of what you're doing. You're, yeah, you're creating this pathway. So as soon as you have described this path to yourself, you're going to walk down it. And as you're walking down the path, what do you see? Are there trees? Are there buildings? Are there, you know, is there grass? Are there animals? Are there bugs? Is the wind blowing? What's the temperature like? Again, describe everything that you're seeing as you're walking down this path. This is about where I fall asleep. 
It's hypnotic. <laughs> I mean, by Literally. definition, this is hypnosis. Exactly. So as you walk down the path and you've described your surroundings to yourself, you're going to come across a dwelling. And I think we all know where we're going with this. You're going to describe this dwelling to yourself. What does it look like? Does it have doors? Does it have windows? Are there stairs to get up to it? Is it are there vines growing off of it? Is it made out of glass? Is it made of wood? So on and so forth, right? As soon as you've described the dwelling to yourself, you're going to see a door because dwellings have doors. And you're going to go knock on it. Now, if you're someone out there I know is going to is going to contact us and go, "Well, my dwelling was a hut. There's no door to knock on." Well, smart Alec, knock on the side of the knock on the side of the cave. Okay, it's made out of straw. <laughs> <laughs> okay, somehow little pigs, little pigs let straw. me in. Somehow you're going to alert <laughs> the people inside the dwelling that you are there and you would like to speak with them. Okay, they ring a bell. I don't care what you do, but you want to have someone come to the door and talk to you. When they open the door, when they come to the opening in your cave or pull back the straw, whatever it is. Work with me here. Um, talk to them. So I'll tell you briefly, when I went through this process, my happy place is more kind of a mountainy area. Um, my you're kind of dark and green and overgrown. And my my dwelling is kind of a think of a think of a think of a little logish shack with greenery over it like you might see in a fairy garden. Okay. That's how my brain works. So I knocked on the door. And my spirit guide, who, if you've met me before, his name is Charles. It's not his real name. He won't tell me his real name, so I, I named him Charles. He's not too keen on it, but if you don't tell me your real name, I'm not going to call you Hey You. So That seems to be a common theme amongst angels and demons. Yep, they is do not. not giving their names. They, they don't, don't tell their names. They don't reveal their names. So, um, so he's okay with it, and he actually kind of chuckles about it now. But he opened the door. And I don't want to go into a lot of detail because it's kind of personal, but based on, there, there's two women that are also my spirit guides. Based on a few things, um, I, I saw those two women and I knew that I did not come up with this idea. It's not something that I, because the whole time I'm doing this, there's this nagging thought in the back of my mind going, I'm just making this up. But based on what happened when Charles opened the door, I was like, I did not make this up because I would have not have come up with with what's going on right here. And and don't worry, it's nothing creepy. And so he and I had a little chat and and everything was good. So I knew of the three of them. And then on the separate occasions that I spoke with the mediums that I told you about, they each, each of them independently said, you actually have a fourth. It's another man. And he just kind of comes back and forth. And he's probably the one that comes and says, y'all good? Y'all good? And they're like, do you see who we're assigned to? No, we are not good. And he probably laughs and then leaves. And they're like, what the heck? So um, that is how you find your spirit guides. So out of your four angels, would you say Charles is in charge? Yes, that's good. <laughs> that is really good. Bad joke. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is actually, he's, he's in charge. He's very, very alpha male. Um, of your days and your nights? Of your wrongs and your rights? you got to sing this. No. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to hear me sing. <laughs> if you don't know what he's talking about, there's a show called Charles in Charge, which is amazing. Yeah, if mm-hmm. you didn't catch that reference, I think we dated ourselves in an extreme <laughs> way. Okay. <laughs> We're not old, we promise. Yikes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Charles is, he's, he's definitely the spokesman. Most people have more than one, but there's only one that's a spokesman. And just FYI, your spirit guides always hang out on your right side. 
if you tell me that your spirit guide is on your left side, again, you need to reassess some of your life choices and get that fixed. So there you go. Spirit Always guides. the right side. Yep. Interesting. It's good to know. There was something else that I had found um, looking through about that. There, we talked about earlier that there's only two of the arc, or angels that are mentioned in the Bible, is Gabriel and, and Michael. But there are two fallen angels also mentioned in the Bible. Okay, I know one, but I don't know the other. Okay, who's the one? So, Lucifer, Satan. Yes, you got him. And the other is Abandon, A-B-A-D-D-O-N, or in Greek it's Apollyon, A-P-P-O-L-Y-O-N. And that's in Revelations 9-11. And he is the destroyer, and he guards the... The bottomless pit, and he is mentioned by name. So there's four, two two good angels and two fallen angels in the can- canonical scriptures. Um, you know that were that came out. You know our modern modernish Bibles. Right. Where so there is one more named Ish, not not necessarily a name, but in in Genesis they talk about the seraphim that guards the tree of good and evil. Yeah, and I'm, I wonder if that is an individual, because I, I was wondering on that, if that's an individual angel or if that's a type. It's a type of angel. When I took my angelology class, which sounds a lot more impressive than it <laughs> than it probably should, um, they talk about the seraphim being a, a type of angel. I was yeah. reading about cherubim and seraphim as different types. And an ophamine, O-P-H-A-M-I-N. I don't, don't know that I know anything about those. I don't get yeah, that. Doesn't yeah. sound familiar. The, uh, the cherubim I know were placed on top of the Ark of the Covenant, right? And were also placed in front of the Tree of Life. See, when and we say cherubim, I imagine little roly poly <laughs> baby angels. <laughs> <Super> don't, <cute. laughs> don't. The scriptures get in there when they talk about the cherubim. They are awesome. They um, Daniel, you know, trembled in fear. All these people, they tremble in fear of the cherubim. Um, it's you know, been a and long they have time to, since you've had a two-year-old, and, isn't it? And they I've got to. one. They're terrifying. <laughs> They're super cute, and they go all, all rogue on you. Go rogue on you. Uh, I was going to say the other places that they mentioned cherubim were in Solomon's Temple yeah. and in the Holy of Holies. And from what I was reading, the cherubim symbolized the presence of God, places where God dwells. Oh, I, I thought like that. Was that. Interesting. Yeah, the... The Ophium, and I'm sure I'm saying it wrong. That's okay, because I pronounced all the angels earlier exactly correctly. And I didn't even try. <laughs> I'm smart <laughs> like that. <laughs> but a lot of them, it, they're represented as two wheels that intersect with eyes all around everything. They're not even like humanoid. They're completely different. And then some of these other angels, you know, it says that they've got like six wings, and they've got wings around their feet and wings around their face, and then two that they fly with. Right. And there's some really strange, I think it's in Ezekiel or Isaiah where it talks about it. The the place in the Bible where the seraphim come up, at least that stands out to my mind, is when the people of God, the Israelites, I don't know if they were actually Israel at this time, were being bitten by the... Fiery, fiery serpents. serpents. Yeah, because they mentioned seraphim and fly and fiery flying serpents. So maybe that was the cherubim. I don't know. Fly, the flying, I don't know. Flying fiery serpents biting me sounds pretty scary. And then all they had to do was look at the brazen serpent to be healed. But and I don't didn't. know. Is that like their job? Like I said, they all seem to have some calling or 
office. Do Probably. the seraphim like come it's down and punish? I don't know. Right. It's like it's your job to do this. Well, then there's, you know, in Revelations it talks about all the angels from the different, you know, the different eras, and they blow their trumpet and bring forth different things. You know, you wonder is that these archangels? Is that just you know, generic angels, do you sign up for that? You know, it's like it's your turn this week to go blow the, the trumpet at the earth. I mean, how does that work? No, we all got jobs. Interesting. Yeah, one of the things they talk to with these descriptions, a lot of theologians are, are these literal or are they figurative? Right. You know, and, and do they have meanings? Are these offices or are they individuals? So there's a lot of questions. I think the archangels are individuals. Is that, that's my vote. No, I'm talking about the the seraphim, the, the cherubim. Oh. The, the, yeah, the it would be really weird to have kind of two wheels with a bunch of eyeballs doing stuff. Yeah. That, that would be creepy. I I would be creeped out. Some of the artwork and descriptions <laughs> on it's like. <laughs> I personally think that most of the Bible is symbolic, but there are I'm sure there are some literal historical events. But I feel like the deeper lessons that you can get from the Bible are more. They're in the yeah. They're deeper. They're in the symbolism of the Bible more than just a literal story. It's kind of like here's the story and, and this happened. But yeah. if you look a little deeper, you can learn more stuff. Right. Don't get don't get thrown off by the wheels and the eyeballs because you might miss the point. <laughs> I'm not sure what the point is, but I'll keep digging. <laughs> <laughs> wheels on eyeballs are kind of weird. Seems weird to me. <laughs> it's like I can't quite wrap my head around that. But I tell you, if, if a wheel with eyeballs came rolling towards me and it said, do something. I'd probably listen. <laughs> I'd probably <laughs> <Yes> do it. <laughs> thing. Now, now, Sir, one of, ma'am. <laughs> one of the things that was kind of interesting was a depiction of someone. And again, you get into the ancient alien theories kind of thing. But is that a vehicle in which... An entity. It's a UFO. That's. Ooh, this is a whole different the podcast. Wheel with topic. the eyeballs. Yeah. And, and they showed some drawings of, you know, some possible conveyances that would be round and, and again, wheeled with eyeballs. Are you watching people being raised up to heaven? They're just being abducted? Exactly. Interesting. And when you look at it, when we say eyeballs all over, are they video cameras? You know, are these literal they just organic can't. Eyes, or or is this a, a way to or twinkly bright lights? Who knows? Yeah, right. Well, kind of like in Revelations, they talk about they talk about the beast. What, how do they describe it? It's like a locust, but with the head of a head of a grasshopper, or something with the head of a grasshopper. And if you read it now, and you think of like helicopters, and you think this could be a helicopter. Yeah, think of think of Isaiah and and some of these people trying to describe today in the terms that people of their time would understand. Right. Okay. There's some examples. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was like of a rocket ship. Heads like a lion and it shoots fire. And yeah, I could I could see it being hard to describe something like a tank, for example. Yeah. And yet, you know, they're seeing these things and it's like, okay, what? And it roars like a... <laughs> roars like a lion. You know, and, and so... They're seeing all these things, and, and they're describing them. And so these may be literal descriptions in the best terminology that they can do for their audience at the time. Interesting. So are the angels aliens is the question, I suppose. It sounds like based on okay, let's go with Raven's this. experiences. <laughs> let's go with this. Are they extraterrestrial or interdimensional? Ooh. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean they have to come from another star system. Right. Here's one for you. Because, you know, is that where the veil is thin? Is that a, a, another dimension in which is another realm that people I guess it, does, it, it depends on how you just 
define alien. Yeah. Yeah. Is an alien to you someone from a different planet? Is it someone from a different realm? Is it something that's just not from Earth? Do they still count as humans? I don't know. We're 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 delving into a different podcast topic. <laughs> yes, we are. But, but the idea, I mean, when you think about it, is this is that the realm that they come from? When you talk about angels and the invisible, you know, because God's the God of the visible and the invisible, and is that is there a you know moving through? And as we die, do our spirits go to that other realm? Interesting. Anyway, tune in for another podcast where we delve into this even further. <laughs> Where we go off the rails again. (laughs) (laughs) So before we get too far out in the weeds and we end up talking about, you know, fudge or something, Doc, what is on your bucket list? Bucket list. One of the places that I was planning on going this summer, but COVID-19 decided to throw a wrench into, was the Scottish Highlands in Loch Ness. See, I would love to go there as well. I've actually been to Loch Ness. Have you now? I have. It was a... Okay, let me let me give my interpretation. Okay. You remember um, when Chevy Chase goes to the Grand Canyon in vacation? Yes. yes. Okay. I, I kind of get that Raven's experience at Loch Ness. Ah, proceed. <laughs> okay. Do you not... Do you, do you understand what that is? It's like he gets out, looks at the car, and goes... That was great. down a couple times and gets the car. Get in the car. Goes. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, actually, it, that's exactly how it went down. So I was, at, I was on a bus tour. Which is fabulous in a lot of ways, but the problem with the bus tour is you are, you know, you're sucked into their timeline. Right. And to me, Loch Ness was, we're going to get out and we're going to go stick our feet in the water and we're going to sit and we're going to have our camera and, and the monster's going to poke his head up <laughs> after he, about an hour. Because it always does. It does. <laughs> after about an hour and I'm going to take a picture of it and I'm going to become famous because I got a picture of it. That's how it was going to go down. Well, that's, yeah. That's how it was planned that's out. That's how I expected to go down for me. Yeah, you know, I thought it might take an hour or two, but I'll get that picture. No, it was it was like a photo op. They they pull up, they're like, okay, everybody off the bus, take a picture, get back on, 10 minutes, we're out. I'm like, I can't find the Loch Ness Monster yeah, in 10 minutes. Come on, you've got to give me more than 10 minutes. Exactly. For me, it's not even, you know, I, I don't know, I'm fairly open-minded, but an open-minded skeptic. Uh, I just love how myths and folklore evolve, and I would love to go and just hear the stories and see the pictures and kind of dive into how this myth came about. Well, and if you're in, as long as you're in Scotland and I'm going to throw like a little, you get a bonus bucket list today. All right. As long as you're in Scotland, you got to go to Edinburgh and go ghost hunt the vaults. Ooh, the vaults. The vaults. And again, if we, we don't want to get too much into that because we'll do an episode on the vaults. We did one several years ago, but we'll revisit it. Because the vaults are cool. And those crazy guys that would go dig up bodies. Yep. Yeah, I wasn't here for that podcast, so I'm looking forward to it. Hair and somebody? Um, Burke and hair? Burke and hair. They're both. Vaults and digging up bodies. Got it. Body snatchers. Can't wait. Not the alien body snatchers. We keep trying to get into aliens on this podcast. Or angels. We don't know. Okay, so in our. There's that Starship song. No, you know we got to come away from the aliens. Isn't that they you got, guys are we fired. thought they were angels? You much to my surprise, they got into their starship and <laughs> wow. flew into the skies. We've got openings for podcast hosts. <laughs> I'm firing these two. Okay, so in our paranormal junk drawer, we're going to kind of come back from angels and go into a little bit more paranormal. So there is a freeway in Florida called the I four. It's known as the Haunted Freeway. And every day, thousands of drivers are, are on this on their commute. And it's just an unassuming 
I mean, it's called the Haunted Freeway, but it's just a freeway. If I hadn't told you about it, you'd be on it. You'd just be like, here we are going to wherever we're going. But it's about a quarter mile stretch in Sanford, Florida. And they say it's one of the most haunted highways in America. It's just um, a little bit north of Orlando, and it passes over a lake called Lake Monroe. Now, in this area in the 1970s, there's a real estate tycoon, and his name was Henry Sanford. And he marketed that whole um, southern shore of this lake to immigrants and, and citrus farmers that came in. And he's like, hey, you know, come buy my land. And he actually sold about 640 acres to a group of German immigrants, and they founded St. Joseph's Catholic Colony in this area. And, you know, it's it's the 1870s, and it's humid, and it's hot, and disease kind of ravaged everything, and, and everything was hard. And they just weren't really able to, to get a whole lot of success. And in 1887, they had... a break of yellow fever that came through and just took out almost everybody. There were survivors. They buried their dead in the woods. They're like, okay, you know, we're going to bury the people and this didn't work. This is too hard. We're out. We're done. Over the years, the land changed hands. You know, these people bought it. These people bought it. Eventually, it just became part of the city of Sanford. So the story of St. Joseph's became a local legend and people talked about it. And it said that anyone who went and tampered with the graves had deadly consequences, which is, is pretty typical. You know, you don't go and mess with graves. People come haunt you. Desecrating gravesides, generally a bad right. idea. You know, I just, saw poltergeist. <laughs> you know how that works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Don't build on them. Don't move them. Don't do any of that right. stuff. Yeah, and you hear a lot, you know, with Native American, you know, you mess with those. Bad things happen. And some of the things, locals say that farmers, a farmer's house burned down after he removed the grave markers. A child was run over by a drunk driver after he dug around in the in the the site of of this, these burials, and they just had enough activity that would occur in this area that they called it the field of the dead. Okay, so we've got the field of the dead. Well, Florida said we are going to build a freeway, and we think that we should just lay part of it in this area called the field of the dead because that sounds awesome. Apparently, yeah. they haven't seen poltergeist. Excellent idea. So um, this field was sold to the state. They bought it. The, the graves were initially marked for, some, for re- relocation, but they were either forgotten or deemed unimportant and just paved over. They never relocated any of these, any of these graves. Not too long after this happened, Hurricane Donna came in. It unexpectedly kind of turned course towards Sanford, passed over these grave sites, and this was in September of 1960, and just left... Devastation, just like everywhere. Did you like that noise? Let me do it again. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to do it again. After that, they say that it was one of many strange occurrences just in that area. You know, just weird things happen. You know, this, there was no way that that hurricane should have turned that way, but it did when it got there. So now there's this freeway laid over this area, and drivers who take this I-4 over the Mon- the Lake Monroe area, they've reported strange interference on their radios. Some have claimed to see apparitions on the road. Long-haul truckers claim that their CB radios will blast with static while driving over the stretch of highway. It's extremely prone to deadly car accidents and has gained a grim nickname of the I-4 dead zone. Remind me never to apply for a job in Sanford, Florida. Yeah, so... Not interested. The I-4 dead zone. Sounds pretty creepy. 
So it says, whether or not you believe in the supernatural or not, you should use caution and look twice before changing lanes because that's one of the causes of many deadly accidents. People think they see something and they you know, change lanes really fast. That sounds like sound advice anywhere you live. Yep. So particularly in Sanford. So the funny thing is on this, when I was reading about it, there was a note before you go. And I'm just going to read this verbatim because I think it's kind of funny in a creepy way. It says, I-4 spans above the actual St. Joseph site, which is accessible off of US-17-92. The land is owned by the state and it is not advisable to enter. The site can also be viewed by water on the St. John's River. So know before you go. They, they literally tell you it is not advisable to drive that freeway. Who posted this? So, so don't. It's like Florida.gov or something. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a problem. We've got a haunted, haunted freeway, so, so don't get out of your car. Yeah, there you go. Your paranormal <laughs> junk drawer. We opened it and we found a haunted freeway. There we are. Very interesting. Alrighty. So sooner than later, we mentioned this in the last podcast, but we would like to do a questions and answer podcast. We've done that a couple of times since we've been doing this, and it's been a lot of fun to hear your questions and to be able to give you some answers. If you have any questions or even just comments you'd like us to kind of touch on, please send us an email at apps.wisps.contact at gmail.com, and that's apps with one P aps.wisps.contact at gmail.com Very cool. And at last, get your Supernatural Hour swag at tpublic.com The best and easiest way to do it is to go to advancedparanormal.com and hit the merchandise tag and it'll link you right there and link you right to our stuff. Yep, and I'm actually wearing my my shirt today. You are. I've got one Just also. to be festive. I might get a hoodie. It's cold. I'm kind of in a hoodie mood. They've got some really some really neat merchandise there, and you can get Supernatural Hour logos and things on lots of different uh, and stuff. Tons of stuff, and I went in and added a bunch of stuff because that's how I roll. Mugs? You got mugs? We got mugs. I'm like, mug. you can have this on a mug. I want one. I, yeah. I don't actually have one, but I yeah. If you want it, it's there. Tapestries. You can get a tapestry. What? So tapestry. that reminds me of Indiana Jones. <laughs> Tapestries. <laughs> so go to advancedparanormal.com, hit the merchandise tab, and write to the Supernatural Hour page there so you can see the logos. And you can have different Supernatural logos, Hour and logos put on different things. Awesome. I hope you have a Merry Christmas slash Happy Yule. Is it Happy Yule or Merry Yule or Joyous Yule? Either or. So you can say Merry Yule, you can say Happy Yule. I'd say Happy Yule, but you know. Merry Christmas and Happy Yule. Happy Yule. <laughs> We will chat. We do post again before New Year's, so you don't get New Year's greetings yet. That'll be next time. Happy holidays, y'all. Haunt on, my spooky friends. We'll see you. Good night. Good night. It's an episode. (laughs) You've been listening to the Supernatural Hour at advancedparanormal.com. The Supernatural Hour is part of the Radio Ronin Network found at radioronin.com. Copyright 2020 by Advanced Paranormal Services.